Hey, hey, I'm Rebecca. This is a podcast for all my single friends out there and for anyone who's ever been single. Cue the laughs, life lessons, and all things love. Welcome to Dating in the Bay. Now, let's get to it. My guest today is Bailey. She is a food blogger, and actually a lot of you might know her already on Instagram because her handle is Sailor Bailey, and she makes amazing plant-based recipes that are really beautiful and delicious. I've made a couple of them. And she's based in Denver, and she's also the host of her own podcast called Breakfast at Bailey's. And yeah, let me answer the listener question of the week. And friendly PSA, if you have a question that you want me to answer on an upcoming episode, just feel free to shoot me a DM on Dating in a Bay Instagram account, and I will answer it here in an upcoming episode. So this week's question said, how do I not get overwhelmed slash spend too much time on the apps? And I think this is a super common problem, especially given that we're spending so much more time at home right now. It means that we're on our phones a lot more. I know I sometimes open Instagram for no rhyme or reason. I'm like, how did I get here? So just being really mindful about how much time you're spending on the app. Like I don't really find myself spending very much time on the apps because I don't particularly like the apps. So it makes it easy for me. But if you do find yourself that you're like kind of mindlessly on them or you're going on them when you're bored, I would really suggest setting specific time constraints. So like setting a timer for 10 minutes and be like, I'm gonna swipe for 10 minutes and then I'm done. And then maybe you could set aside like 20 minutes later in the day to respond to anybody who you're talking to. Kind of setting those boundaries for yourself because you're right, it can be really overwhelming. Also, one more thing is if you turn off the notifications, I find that very helpful too because it's you're not constantly getting interrupted by the apps bothering you. So you're just going on when you feel like it and then you can check everything all at once versus like getting those constant ongoing notifications. That's just too stressful for me. I actually turned off all my notifications after watching the Social Dilemma documentary, which I highly recommend. So I actually met Bailey last year when she was visiting Sarah and we all went to this restaurant in the marina called Wild Seed and it's a vegan plant-based restaurant. It's delicious. You actually never know it was vegan because the food is that good. But yeah, when I met Bailey, I just felt instantly connected to her because we have a lot in common. She loves animals. I'm a huge animal lover. If you follow her on Instagram, she has like a zillion dogs and cats, which is awesome. Yeah, and then she's also very vocal and transparent about her mental health struggles and just where she's at in her journey. And she's recently engaged. We'll talk about that and how that's intersected with her mental health journey as well. And yeah, I've had my struggles in the past. So I was just really happy that she agreed to come on today because I really want to explore this space a bit more. I think this is an opening given everything that's going on this year. I think everybody's kind of experiencing anxiety, depression to some extent. And I mean, even Michelle Obama has been open about how she struggles with depression. And I think it's becoming much less taboo. And I think the more we talk about it, the more we can normalize what it looks like because it doesn't always look like in the movies. I just wanna show different faces of mental health because a lot of people are silently suffering. Bailey, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on Dating in the Bay. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here and I'm also excited to see your face. I haven't seen you in forever. I'm so sad I can't see your face. I'm having some technical difficulties. 
this has been like a long time coming of recording together. So I'm excited that despite our glitches, we're still making it work. Yeah, you're definitely not missing much. I look like a ragamuffin today. So. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> well, how are you doing in general? I'm doing good. Yeah, it's been everything's been busy. You know, life is carrying on despite all of the craziness and still making the best out of 2020. I know. I feel like you're really good at silver linings. Yeah. You've recently got engaged. We'll definitely have to talk about that. How has that been post-engagement? That's been fantastic. It's been a lot of fun. We actually are getting our engagement photos done Tuesday. So, oh, wow. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Once we're done with the podcast, Matt and I are going to make a little trip to the, I think, to Kohl's. He wants to go to Kohl's to pick out a shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Do you already have your outfit all picked out? Oh, of course. Yes. I already, I've got two different outfits. It's going to be really probably a cold one because we're going up to the mountains to do it. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's exciting. Well, I'm really excited to have you on. And to talk to you again, I was in your intro, I was talking about how when we went to Wild Seed, when you were visiting, I just felt like instantly connected to you. Just I feel like, I don't know, it felt like I've known you for longer than I have. And then also, you've been so open about your mental health. And I just really appreciate that. And so you did a post actually, because it's Mental Health Awareness Month, even though this is probably going to come out in November, but we're still going to talk about the October post. And I just really appreciated how you talked about mental health in general. Can you kind of just give us a little snapshot and bring us up to speed on that front? Like you posted about codependency and we can get into that as well. So yeah, I have had some mental health struggles a lot actually through my starting in my childhood. It really started coming to life in my teen years. I started to struggle with depression, which then kind of led into some eating disorder, just bad habits with eating and whatnot, and then kind of into like an exercise addiction, and then also a codependency problem. My entire life, I've dealt with things as they come. And I'm very vigilant about it. And I'm very in touch with my psyche, I guess. I don't know how that is. I I feel like a big part of that came from exercising. Because I feel like when you are when you work out and you exercise, I feel like you're just more in tune with your mental health and your mental and your physical health overall. So as things come, you know, sometimes I get waves of depression and, and sometimes I'm totally fine, but I've just struggled with it for a lot, a big chunk of my life. And it does run in my family, bipolar and depression. So I feel like a lot of us struggle with it. It doesn't matter the severity. I think we all kind of have our highs and lows in life. Definitely. And I mean, I feel like now it's definitely a lot less taboo to talk about. I feel like it's definitely kind of having more of a moment now. Yeah, I agree. And I'm so happy that the shackles like are just coming off. It's just not like a taboo thing anymore. It's not so like I feel like a lot of people, especially older generations have like felt really just almost like in jail with themselves because they can't even speak about it. I feel they're so afraid to talk about it. A lot of people are even afraid to talk about it to their doctor and there's nothing to be afraid of. That like so many people live with it. So there's nothing to hide. You don't need to hide it. You don't need to like have it weighing you down. For me, my entire life, I found that the more open I am about everything in my life, it's easier for me to have connections and better connections with friends and family and just a healthier lifestyle all around by being open. So you met Matt 10 years ago, right? Yep. 10 years ago. We met actually 15, maybe 14, 13 years ago, but we didn't start dating till 10 years ago. How did you guys meet? 
Well, it's kind of a funny story. We met at a strip club and, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but not in that way. I wasn't stripping, nor was I in the club. My girlfriend at the time went to high school with Matt and she did spray tanning and she was spray tanning all of the strippers at Shotgun Willie's here in Denver. And Matt was always her DD and a lot of the, a lot of people's DDs and like he would go pick them up and then they'd all go to the club and then he would drive everybody home. And naturally, he picked us girls up. And that was my first time meeting him. I slid into the back seat of his Chevy Impala. <laughs> it was like, it was, you know, he came rolling up with his bass blasting and I slip in the back and the Chevy Impala. My friend Alyssa got in the front seat and then this other girl was with us in the back seat. And I accidentally let him see my underwear. And I definitely didn't mean to do that. He just was looking back as I was sliding into the car and I think for him, it was love at first sight at that point. So, <laughs> And we just had a great time. We just connected. And, and kind of like what you said earlier about how you just had a strong connection with me. I had that same thing with him. And like, I'm one of those people where I either have this really, really strong connection or I just don't. And it, there's really a never a gray area for me. What was it about him that you felt connected to? I think it was honestly his calm. He, he just has like a very calm demeanor and it it feels safe and comforting no matter what situation I'm in. She's got this like energy about him that is just so calming. And I'm a Scorpio, I'm Italian, I'm French, I'm Czech, (laughs) I'm hot blooded and I'm hyper and I get rattled easy. And he is just like the solid rock. So I think that's what attracted me to him. What's his sign? He is a Capricorn. Oh, yeah. Interesting. I just had an astrologer on for my last week's episode. Oh, how fun. That stuff is so fun. And I was excited. It's fascinating. It is. I have like this whole book. It's like a huge textbook size book about astrology. And it talks about like your different signs that you're most compatible with. I mean, it talks about your erogenous zones and Mm -hmm. like foods that you should eat for your sign, like all that stuff. And I was excited when I met Matt, because in that book, being a Scorpio, I don't have very many love connections, possibilities. (laughs) There's a lot of people that I butt heads with. So fortunately, Matt fell under one of three people that I can connect with. And he was like the one that I connect with the most. So oddly enough, I don't know if people believe in that stuff, but I do. And like, that was obviously another thing that kind of solidified the deal. Oh, I totally believe in all that stuff. Yeah. Like it's energy is real. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So what was your relationship like at the beginning part? And like, how long? Because I know you guys broke up. At some oh, point yeah, girl. Like, <laughs> yeah. I want to hear, hear all of the <laughs> Well, our relationship at the beginning, like, I don't even know who we were. How old were you? We were, I think I was, gosh, how old was I? I think I was 25. And Matt is a year younger than me. So he was like 24. Okay. Babies. Yeah, babies. And let me just tell you, we were both partiers growing up. Like I love to go to raves. We were both heavy drinkers and just love to go out and party and just get into trouble. And both of us grew up in broken homes. And I feel like that's a strong reason why we were that way. We were both wild seeds. And I've, I, of course, calmed down earlier than him. And so the beginning of our relationship was a little rough because he wasn't really ready. I was his first serious girlfriend that he had ever had. He had like some dating, like he dated girls. And of course he had random flings with a lot of girls, but I was the first like real deal girlfriend. So it was hard to kind of tame him, I guess, so to speak, because he doesn't like authority. He didn't like authority. And I think because I wasn't okay with everything that he did, he would get like 
an attitude towards me because to him, it felt like I was trying to be an authority and I wasn't. It's just like common sense stuff that I think most women want in a relationship. And he wasn't really ready for that. And he didn't really want to give up on partying. And we just kind of had this up and down, like a lot of not so healthy fighting. And I don't know if this is for you or not, but like, have you ever had like a toxic relationship before? Yes. I would say, honestly, like our relationship was toxic. When it was good, it was so freaking good. But when it was bad, it was just bad. It was just terrible. And it was just a lot of drama. So fast forward, I think that went on for about like three years. And then we bought a house together. And then some weird things happened. I think he got laid off from his job at the time and had to start working. He was in the oil field and, you know, gone a lot. So it was all of a sudden we were on top of each other and together every single day. And he started working his first 50 or 60 hour a week job. And we got even, even more fights. Some hurtful things were said. I wouldn't really say it was verbally abusive, but I mean, we kind of were verbally abusive to each other. So we called it quits. I walked away. We separated. We were actually engaged at that time. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, called off the engagement and that was it. And so I moved out and he was of course not happy about it and upset, but it just had to happen. And we both spent, I think I, I think I moved out for like two years. I mean, we spent time apart. Like I still saw him because I worked really close to where we live. I was like a couple blocks from there. So I would go to the gym in the morning and then stop and drop off my dog Molly to the house so that she could hang with her brother. And then I'd go to work. And so we still saw each other a lot, but he had a roommate move in with him and stuff. And we would still spend occasional time together. But yeah, just we needed that time apart. And I think it really was eye opening for him and I that when you're with somebody and then you're single, like you think that there's so many great guys out there and like the grass is always greener. And it was like so cliche, but like, come on, the grass is not always greener. And let me tell you, like I ran into quite a few guys. I shouldn't say quite a few guys. There was a couple guys that I had talked to and flirted with. And it was just like, ew, like they just weren't mad. Like there was always something that was just like repulsive about them. Like after a couple of hours talking to them or something, whatever it was. And I just started to realize the bond that Matt and I had. And Fast forward a bit, my mom had to get a major back surgery and quite a few things that I had started going through over those two years. And Matt was always there by my side for every single thing. He showed up and he was there for me in a time when no one else was. So it really solidified the fact that he's my best friend. And so after two years of living apart, we decided to try and do couples counseling and give it a go again. And all I know is that some of the issues were still there when I moved back in and we decided to give it another try. Some of the issues were still there, but we started going to counseling and holy shit. Oh my God, that changed everything. Counseling changed everything for us. Yeah. Tell me more about that. What it was like. Yeah. And like, yeah, and like what kind of exercises you guys do or was it like homework based? For sure. So Funny story, we tried to do counseling before when things were super toxic when we were younger. And I picked the person, and it was a lady, and Matt wasn't like honest in the sessions. He he wasn't honest at all. Like he would use drugs and, and stuff and drink and say really mean things, but he wouldn't admit to it and own up to that stuff with this lady that we were going to. So we just gave up and I ended up going to her for a while. So for this time around, I made Matt pick the counselor. And he was like dead set on going to a female. So a little backstory on Matt, he grew up without a father. He's got a father and he knows who his father is, but his father wants nothing to do with him. So long story short, Matt went to high school with a kid and he realized that that kid is Matt's dad. It's his stepdad. Yeah, it's what? his stepdad. So it's not even his real dad. And he adopted Matt's friend 
but wants nothing to do with Matt. Wow. So, yes. That's so hurtful. I know. So I think that's where his authority, like why he's always had a problem with authority. So I wanted him to pick the counselor. I'm like, you know what? Like, you're the reason why I didn't work last time because you didn't want to be honest. So you pick the guy or lady or whoever. And Matt was dead set on having a gal. We researched it. He went on like psychology.com or something. And you can like pick out all your counselors there. They tell you what they are experts in and like how they work and like what kind of techniques they use all that stuff. It's so helpful. So he went through all, everybody narrowed it down to a couple people. He called them and kind of interviewed him on the phone, told him what was going on. And he ended up going with a guy and it was amazing. I think because it was a man, I don't know if it would have worked if it was a woman, quite honestly, we went the first session and, and it was kind of like, it wasn't your typical, I feel like a lot of sessions when you go to a counselor, it's just like more getting to know you we got right, we like dug in and got into the nitty gritty right away, which for me, I like to just get to it. I don't want to sit here and beat around the bush. Like, let's just rip the bandaid off and spill our beans. So we spilled our beans. There was nothing serious in Fidelity in between us, but there was like a little bit of things that caused trust issues that were pretty close to crossing the line and stuff like that, that had just been weighing on both of us, I think for years. So we opened up about that and worked through all that. And I think it connected with Matt so much because he was hearing from an unbiased opinion from a person that he respected that was a male telling Matt that like, look, this isn't right. And this is why you're doing this. And it like finally connected the dots and helped Matt become more open and like actually speak because as I already told you, he's really calm. He's quiet. It's hard to sometimes get stuff out of him, like his feelings. A lot of, he'll just say, I don't know, or something like that. So mm-hmm. he started opening up and I think he started realizing that it was time for him to grow up and like some of his habits and some of the people in his life weren't that healthy. So that's what really did a big 360, especially or 180, not a 360. <laughs> <laughs> Math is hard. Yeah, yeah. And like the counselor was awesome. He, he like draws things on his little whiteboard to give us like a visual. He'll do like a fried egg and like talk about how the things in the yolk are kind of things that are instilled in you at such a young age. And then like the things around the yolk and the white part are the things that bubble up when those things are triggered. Cause you know how like an egg white bubbles in a pan when you're frying it. Mm-hmm. So like, those are the things that like bubble up when your yolk is triggered. So if that makes sense, it was just like cute little things like that. Yeah. And he just basically helped our relationship go from a rocky roller coaster that had a lot of bitterness in it and kind of helped us relieve the bitterness and like move on and just be fresh. I never like to jinx myself, but knock on wood, like things have been, totally different since then and that was I mean that was what two years ago so I just feel like we're totally different people yeah it's I mean just from when we saw each other last year it seemed like the way you talked about it, it was like a completely different relationship than what you're describing now yeah I don't even know like it, like it was a lot of yelling and I feel bad for our neighbors back in the day because like it was a lot of yelling <laughs> and screaming and crying and just like drama and yeah. now it's not like that at all we used to fight about like him lying about something so stupid. He would lie about the stupidest shit. Like, I I don't even know. Like, I can't even give you an example, but it was just like so stupid. I'm like, why? Like, li- don't lie. And and now it's not like that at all. Like, we used to fight about that. And now we fight about like, you're in my way. Like the kitchen, because our kitchen like is kind of small. And I'll be like, get out of the way. And he'll be like, don't be mean to me. Like, don't be rude. <laughs> so it's like the fighting is just like so different. You know, like we still argue because I think every relationship has to have of some arguing. Yeah. yeah, but it's just not over really toxic shit and it doesn't last forever it lasts for an hour or you know a couple of minutes and we move on 
Yeah, just like work through it. Yeah, exactly. So how did he propose the first time? And then what was it like the second time? Oh my God. So (laughs) this is like, this is such a funny story. So the first time he did it in Belize and yeah, it was great, but he didn't ask my parents for permission. Like, I mean, I don't think he knew better. The poor guy, like, I don't know. He just didn't ask my parents for permission. So it wasn't like your traditional proposal. He did it. We were like on the, at this like beach club, sitting on the deck, looking at the most bluest, clearest water, just laying out on towels. And there was like a whole bunch of dudes and speedos walking around us. And (laughs) he proposed there. And it's so funny. I've got these pictures and like right behind my head, there's like a dude in a speedo with like his chub, like in the underwear. It's so funny. But yeah, so that was the first time around. The clencher to all that is that my mom was severely sick with I don't really remember what it was. It was some sort of like stomach bug that got really severe. So she was out there in Belize with us. And so was my stepdad. And she was sick and like bedridden the whole time. She had to go to the hospital while she was out in Belize. So oh, no. it, that was scary. And then like, of course, we got engaged and it sucked because we couldn't really like celebrate the proper way. So yeah, that sounds like a lot. Yeah. First of all. Yeah. <laughs> but had you guys talked about getting married before he proposed between you two? The second time or the first the first, time. the first time? Yes. I think he felt more forced that time. I didn't force him, but I think he felt like that was going. So, you know, that like so many, so stupid. So many people go through life thinking about like, if your relationship's toxic and it's not doing so well, maybe we should just get married and that'll solve things. Yeah. And of course that's his fucking mindset. And that's where he, his head was at. Like, oh, maybe she'll trust me or, you know, we'll get along better. Or maybe like, we'll, we'll just be better together if we get married. And of course that was obviously the complete opposite. It just made things worse. So yeah, that was about the extent of it all. This second time around, we did discuss it and we both weren't ready the first time around. And I'm so thankful that we didn't get married and didn't go through with it. Like that would have been the biggest mistake of my life. I think, Yeah, I don't think we'd be together today. It sounds like you guys weren't ready for each other, like for your new and improved selves. Yeah, no, no. We were totally different people back then. I was still struggling a lot with my disordered eating and exercise addiction and stuff like that. And I just, I wasn't in my right mind. Like I was very dramatic and just like a totally different person then. Just so like, I don't want to say controlling, but like, I was like a perfectionist. Things had Mm -hmm. to be a certain way. And like, now I'm not like that anymore. I don't care. I'm like so easygoing, so... How did you let go of those kinds of things? Well, I think a big part of it was age. And I I know people always ask me about like how I was able to get over my anxiety and stuff like that. And I, and I, I hate to have this as an answer, but honestly, just with age, like once I turned 30, things just kind of started slowing down for me. And like, I don't know, like it was like a mental change inside of me, but also on top of that, it was a big part of it was I started to travel a lot more. So I think that is what really helped me let go of having control all the time because you know, as well as I know that you are in the least amount of control when you're traveling on an airplane or through an airport or anywhere traveling. And um, when I, I started traveling like a lot the last four years and I think that that really starts to train my brain that things just aren't always going to go your way. and getting so much practice with accepting the fact that like your flight's been delayed or canceled or your Uber costs $150 instead of $10 like you thought and and all that kind of stuff. Just like having so many things go wrong and just having to accept them and make the best of it, it really helped train me to let go of being so much control. And the the disordered eating and that kind of stuff, I, I grew out of it. I mean, I just did. I just, feeling better and having like a strong body and enjoying my meal without freaking out or wanting to like 
binge and purge later, any of that kind of stuff is just so much more important to me now than what it used to be. And a big part of that, though, I will admit, as you already mentioned with my post, I don't like being alone because that's if I'm alone, say I'm alone for a couple of consecutive nights. That's when my disordered eating sometimes will creep back in and I kind of get like these temptations and stuff. So I know better and I just try to make myself busy. Like if I'm fine for like one night, it's just if if I were alone, I feel like if I was single, I'd ha- I'd struggle with it a lot more, I guess, if I was single, if I didn't have Matt or, you know, my family nearby, like if I was in a situation where I didn't have my family nearby or any anybody to be around me, like I think with quarantine, if I wasn't quarantined with somebody, I think I would have been triggered pretty bad. Well, and that's such a good just call out about support systems. Like everyone needs a support system and whoever you can pull in to help you when you need them the most. That's so important. Exactly. And that is why that's 100% why I'm always so open with my friends and family about who I am and like what I go through. Because if you're secretive, how can anyone help you if they don't know? Mm -hmm. Totally. I love that so much. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to forget about the engagement. We're going to go back (laughs) to the second engagement. And then before you tell that story, I have a question. Did you feel any pressure around getting engaged after because you guys were together for a while? Yeah. It almost seemed like you guys were kind of married just from like in general, like the outside perception, at least for me was like, oh, they already seem like they're married. Yeah. A lot of people actually assumed that. Um, I did. I did not feel pressure. I did for a little while. Honestly, I felt more pressure about it back around the first time he proposed back when we were younger, when we were only like, I don't know, 28 or whatever that was 20. I don't know how old we were, but I felt more pressured then I think because so many of our friends at that time were getting engaged, like so many of our friends, it was Mm -hmm. overwhelming. And that's one of the reasons why we started to like turn on each other because it got so stressful because we had probably four or five different friends getting married and like everyone started arguing over like who gets to get married at what time of year and all that stuff. And And, you know, it just was like, are you kidding me? Like, it just made me feel so overwhelmed and competitive. And I'm like, this is not how I want to deal with things. Like, I want to get married when I want to get married. I don't want to have competitive shit going on, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and and everyone is comparing their rings and just all this crap. And I just, I felt more pressure in that sense. And then not at all. I mean, I don't even feel pressured to have kids. Matt and I are very different in the way that we do things. And we always have been, even from day one, when we started dating, we've always just been different from your average couple. and. I just never really felt pressured. I think I was starting to kind of want to, I I just like suddenly really felt ready to do it, especially after counseling and like realizing that Matt is definitely my rock in life and he's always going to be there for me and like what a good man he is. And that's when I started kind of wanting it more. And I think he felt the same way, but definitely never had pressure. Oh, good. Yeah. My hope is that people don't feel pressure because it just seems like a pressure cooker kind of situation. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, like a lot of our friends that did get married around the same time, they're now divorced. So yeah. Yeah. And I think you've spoken about this too, like the comparison trap for me, comparing someone like myself to someone's like journey that's way far down the road. It's like not a fair fight. And it's just always a race to the bottom. Like I'm never going to win. Like I said too, the grass is not always greener. Like the comparison trap is rough. Believe me, I... I preach it all the time, but I still get stuck in it all the time. Yeah, it's a constant struggle. Okay, so wait, so how did he propose? (laughs) For this time around? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Like, I don't know. I knew it was coming, and I thought it was going to be coming at our 10-year anniversary, and I, like, kind of made a joke in passing about it. But my mom had the ring the whole time, so the same ring that he proposed. Well, 
he proposed me with uh, the first time with a different ring and it didn't fit me. And it's a long story, but uh, we ended up going to pick out and design a ring together. And I never really got to wear that ring because that's when we kind of called it off right after. So my mom had the ring the whole time. And if I told him if he wanted to propose to me, he had to ask her for the ring and like tell her it was happening because I wanted her to know. And I wanted him to ask my dad for permission. So my dad told me that he asked him for permission when we were on, we, we went to New Orleans early this year in February before COVID and everything and on a trip with my dad and my stepmom. And apparently Matt had asked him if he could marry me then. So that was one sign because my dad told me about that. So I was like, oh, it's got to be coming. And then the 10 year anniversary happened and I made a, a joke about it. And he, I know he didn't get the ring because my mom said he didn't because I asked her because I was like, you know, he's like a detective. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, that was like it. I didn't really know when it was going to happen. And we went golfing. His friend from out of town was in town and we, we went golfing at like one of the most beautiful golf courses here in Colorado. And I had literally had no idea. Like Matt was acting weird and I was like, why are you acting so weird? I was like, are you nervous because we're around your Greg and you haven't seen him in a while? And he was like, I'm not acting weird. He was like, so weird. I just like shook it off as that he just hadn't seen Greg in a long time. And, and that was it. What was he doing that was so weird? I don't know. I know Matt so well. And I just, it's hard to explain, but his vibe was just off. Like he was, when he gets nervous, sometimes he like mumbles, like rant, like rambles a little <laughs> bit and says like really like things that don't make any sense. And he kept doing that and just, like he kept wiping his hands on his on his lap and just he was nervous. Weird. Yeah, yeah, he was nervous. I don't know why. I mean, he knew I was going to say yes. But. <laughs> and then we ended up going to there's like the most world renowned hole in golf. It's like one of the most world renowned like views, and that's where we did it. And he kept he was like, "You guys have to come up and see this hole," because Greg's girlfriend Sam was with us, and. uh she knew it was happening. Greg knew it was happening and Matt knew it was happening. And then we had like these two random kids that were in town just to like drink and probably do drugs that were with us because they, they you know, they pair you with people at oh, golf course sometimes yes. when they're busy. They told those guys, they had to tell them too, that it was happening. Oh, so yeah. They, do you know Barstool? Like the, oh, yes. Yeah. So they were in town for a Barstool tournament. So they oh. were just like, they were like smoking weed. They were chugging vodka. They were just like, they were crazy kids and it was just hilarious. They were probably like 23, you know, 23 year olds. And they were just with us the whole time and a part of my engagement. So wow. <laughs> my proposal. <laughs> so yeah, he asked me, I don't even remember what he said, but it was funny. He was just, and then he like gave me the ring. I, we got it all on video. I, I didn't realize that anyone was recording at the time. I thought, I thought they were being so weird because they were like forcing pictures on us and stuff. I'm like, what the hell? Like, I don't want any pictures. Yeah. <laughs> what, oh, I love this. It's like, it's like you've been engaged twice to the same person and it's two completely different people though. I mean, it's like different versions of yourselves. Yeah, exactly. It was like, it's like two different, I feel like I've already been engaged and called it off and yeah. I'm like with a new guy now yeah. doing it the right way. <laughs> this time I assume probably feels different. Oh, it does. Absolutely. So different. We don't feel pressured at all. Like we're just so excited to do it. And you know, we're talking about kids and all kinds of stuff. So it feels so different this time. It's crazy. That's awesome. I'm so excited for you. Thanks, girl. Me too. <laughs> I was going to ask, so going back to like the codependency stuff, how does Matt support you during that? He is just, he's just the best. I think, so the reason why we're such a good match is that Matt really likes to do little simple things for people. He's like a care, I don't want to say caregiver, but like he's so, if anyone asks him to do anything, he always says yes. And so 
with Matt, like he loves going with me to the grocery store. He loves it. He doesn't care at all. Like it's part of our Sunday ritual or, or weekend ritual. Like he loves going to the grocery store with me. And like I need him there because I get anxiety and especially in crowds, like especially through COVID. Oh yeah. my God, I don't know how I would have been able to go grocery shopping without him by my side. I don't know how people do it. And like, he's fine with it and he's understanding and he knows and he's really good about it. And we do try to do like, he, he's in softball. So every Monday night, he's usually not home and I get, you know, my TV night so I can watch like housewives mm-hmm. and the stuff that he refuses to watch. <laughs> and I still do girls nights, you know, I'm totally fine going on girls nights without him. And, and, uh, you know, if he's got like to work later, he has to go to like a work meeting that is going to last pretty late. I'm totally fine hanging out by myself for a night or two, but like, we just discuss it. And, um, I know at one point he wanted to sign up for like softball, basketball, and he also wanted to do, I don't know, some other ball of some sort. And he was going to be gone like four nights out of the week. And I was like, no, we can't do that. That's not healthy. Like I'm not going to be mentally healthy with that all summer long. I would have been kind of alone. And he was like, you know, you're right. This is like going to be a lot of money. And I'm also almost 35 and I should probably like not be doing like four sports. So he ended up just picking like two different things and did that instead. So just like compromises, unfortunately. I mean, I think a lot of people in relationships these days don't want to compromise because you have everything you need at your fingertips and to find a new person and throw the one you have away. And unfortunately, like that's, not how you get a good healthy relationship we all have to compromise I have to compromise he's got to compromise you know yeah so that's such a good lesson yeah and that's just how that's how we deal with it and he yeah he's good about that so he doesn't give me crap if I eat too much he doesn't give me crap if I don't if I'm not hungry that day and I don't eat much he doesn't give me crap he just kind of lets me be me you know and I think there's a lot of guys out there that just like like I have a girlfriend who has had a guy tell her that she needs to lose weight and stuff like that. So uh, no, yeah, no, uh, exactly. No, get rid of him pronto. Oh, she did. He was like okay, a, he was an ex. Well, I, we met him last night. He was actually where we were at last night. So I got to get a good look at that little jerk. So that him? was interesting. Huh? Did you tell him? No, I just looked at him with disgust and rolled my eyes. Like, yeah, not worth <laughs> it. Ew. Who does that? Like that's, so mean. I know. So. I know. And it happens. There's a lot. Like there like guys can be nasty, mm-hmm. you know? And I think we all know that. So no, Matt knows and he's sensitive about it. And I've been open with him about it since the beginning. And he helped me with like my exercise addiction because he would give me so much shit because I would do cardio for like three hours. He's like, that is so not good for you. And it like makes your butt flat. Like he's like, I know you want a bigger because I would always be like, I want a bigger butt. I want a bigger butt. And he'd be like, you got to stop doing cardio. Like stop running for three hours. Like come over here and learn how to do this. And he kind of showed me a lot on what to do in the weight room. And that's how I got more into weights and like got a healthier relationship with exercising. Cause he kind of pointed it out to me that I was a psycho. Well, he sounds like a good teammate looking at yeah, support. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he can be a little shithead too. So. Well, everybody has their moments. Oh yeah. Nobody's yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess as we close out, what's kind of some advice that you would give to just anybody in, who's either struggling with their mental health and or with a partner, single or otherwise? Gosh, again, everyone should be an open book. Like just share. If you're struggling, you need to talk to somebody. Like you can even just call up a counselor. They have so much help out there these days. Online therapy, like all kinds of, you can even go on Reddit and talk to people like anonymously. If you have any, if you're struggling at all with mental health at all, just talk to somebody, whoever it is, family. I, I suggest family and friends first. I find a lot more comfort in having the people close to me knowing what's going on with me. 
And I think they, they value that too, because then they can be open with me as well. So it's kind of like you, you get back what you put out there. So they might need your help too yeah, at some point. I love that. Yeah. Never be ashamed. And with relationships, gosh, I think my number one takeaway from all of this is that don't give up. I think so many people give up on, on relationships so easily. Oh my God. So easily. It's like, they get attracted to someone else for a couple of days and they give up and they break up with their girlfriend or boyfriend. And, and it's like, you guys, that goes away. Like they give up on somebody because they don't like one thing about them. And it's just like, you're, there's always going to be some things that you don't like about your partner. And I think with life is just, it's just, I know that they say life is too short to like, and there's plenty of fish in the sea and all that. But if you have a good connection with somebody, you just have to work through it. And I highly recommend to couples counseling to anybody. Like, even if you think you have a perfect relationship, you don't go to counseling, just <laughs> yeah. go. And it's going to help your mental health at the same time. I love that. I think yeah. that's such a good point because a lot of times, especially in this modern dating world where everyone's swiping all the time and kind of just wants this instant gratification, people are can sometimes just be really willing to be like, there's someone hotter out there, someone younger, someone blah, blah, blah. Totally. Here's, here's another piece of advice too, for those in a relationship or, and, or wanting a relationship or whatever it is, gratitude journaling, like that also changed my life with my mental health and with Matt, like with my journaling, I, every single morning I wake up and I have a list of goals that I want to manifest. I want to take my business from here to here, or like, I want to be uh, like, I'm going to have a big kitchen and it's going to have like white cabinets and it's going to be so big and perfect for all the cooking that I do. Or, and then like, you know, Matt and I are going to be married and we're going to have like a really healthy relationship and we're going to have two kids. Like I, it's just like a list of things. And I repeat those every morning. And then I write down all the things that I'm thankful for. And I'll tell you like five of those things usually are about Matt. Like I'm thankful that Matt does the laundry. I'm thankful for Matt's humor. And that right there is going to help your outlook on life, your partner, whatever you're writing about. Like you can always sit down and find some gratitude with whomever you're dating and probably appreciate them a lot more once you actually think about the little things that they do that you're thankful for. Bailey, coming in with all the hot tips. <laughs> Man, you're going to have to come back. Will you come back? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. There's so much wisdom. <laughs> Are there like gratitude journals that you can order or are you just like use a regular journal? I just do a regular journal. I sit every morning, I have my coffee and then I go sit in this chair in, in silence. And that's just the way thing. And then on a separate piece of paper, I have all my manifestations. Oh, I love that. And then I have the book that you recommended. What's it called? Yes. Forgiving and letting go. Yes. I love that. You should link it. Link this in the oh, podcast. Yeah, I definitely will put it in the show notes. Oh my God. That hits home so much, especially if you have codependency problems. Like I swear it hits home every day almost. It's crazy. So for anyone listening who doesn't know, this book is just every day. It gives you kind of like something to focus on. And it's like kind of a, not a mantra, but like just. It's like, af it's positive affirmation. Affirmation. Yes. That's the yeah. word. Not a mantra. Yeah, exactly. And it, they work. It works. Oh yeah. I and I love it. Yeah. And every day it's a new something to focus on, which is really nice. Yeah. And the manifestation, I swear to you, it's, it works like almost every single thing that I've manifested this year is happening and, and, or is in the process of happening. You know, it's crazy that you say that because so last night I had a tarot reading with Tara, who is, she was the guest from last week from the astrologer. Okay. And she was talking about manifestations and I don't like, I've never manifested. I haven't tried to manifest. I swear to God, like I didn't think it was going to work. And I just tried it this year. Like, I think I did it in January. 
I read another really good book. I'll have to send you all my book recommendations, but um, yeah, I'll put them in the show notes. Yeah, it's actually it was like it's about like a smart woman gets rich, and it's about like it's more about money, but there's a lot of really good manifestation thinking in there. And so I sat down in January after reading this book. Matt got it for me for Christmas, and I read it. And then I wrote these things down like at the end of January. And I swear every single, like we're getting engaged. I'm going to soon be getting the kitchen of my dreams. All the things that I was manifesting, they are actually coming to fruition. And it gives me chills. Like it literally gives me chills. My, I just got the chills. You can't see them, but I have to. (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing. Like anyone listening, like you have to manifest the stuff write down a couple goals for the year and just repeat them every single day. And I guarantee you at least one of those goals is going to come to fruition. All right. I think I foresee our next episode being about manifestation. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do I'm it. I'm going to manifest it. I'll help you set that up. Thank you. <laughs> we'll set up your list. Well, Bailey, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Of course. I had so much fun talking to Bailey. Honestly, podcasting is such a great excuse to just reconnect with people who I haven't seen in a while. And Bailey is a perfect example of someone that I love talking to. So yes, with that, I always end my episodes with a dating hack. And going off of our conversation that I had with Bailey, this week's dating hack is more general. It's a reminder to just be human, to treat people like they're people. So maybe now we can try to not ghost each other. And if you need help, I have a no ghosting template that I even have on my Dating in the Bay Instagram. So you can modify it, use it, copy, paste it, save it in your notes. That's just one small step to being human and treating people like they're humans. And thank you again for listening to my episode. I'll be back next week. And if you subscribe to my podcast, which I hope you do, you'll get automatic weekly updates every time I post a new podcast. So with that, thank you again for listening. Thanks to Bailey for joining me. Thank you to StudioPod for editing and publishing my podcast. And I will see you guys next Wednesday. Have a good day. Mm-hmm.